Remember the 90s, when MTV still played music videos, when people still bought physical copies of albums, and when legendary musicians like Kurt Cobain and Dimebag Daryl still walked the earth? Well, now you can once again relive that decade every week on KBGA because your favorite 90s radio show, Sounds Like Teen Spirit, is back and better than ever. It's still the best show on KBGA to hear artists like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Sublime, Megadeth, Primus, and more. Again, that's Sounds Like Teen Spirit, now on Sundays from 8 to 10 p.m., only on 89.9 KBGA Missoula.
That was live kicking off this program with Brother off their 2018 EP, Local 717. Welcome to the award-winning Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I'm your cavernous host, Ian. This episode features music from the likes of DMX, At the Drive-In, Spiritualized, Green Jello, Aerosmith, Bikini Kill, Skinny Puppy, Real Big Fish, Gin Blossoms, and Eric B. and Rakim. Plus, I'm going to be reviewing and playing two songs each from the new Offspring album, Let the Bad Times Roll, released on April 16th, and the new Dinosaur Jr. album, Sweep It Into Space, which came out on the 23rd. I'll start with The Offspring. Let the Bad Times Roll is The Offspring's third album with producer Bob Rock. Now, depending on who you ask, Bob Rock is either the guy that ruined Metallica or who? Personally speaking, I don't think the guy actually ruined Metallica. While I cannot defend Saint Anger and its grating snare drum, the Black Album is an undisputable classic, and even the Load and Reload albums have their share of solid cuts. I've actually been more concerned about Bob Rock's influence on The Offspring. While I ultimately liked the band's first effort with Rock, 2008's Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace, it definitely took a bit of time to grow on me. On the other hand, their next album, 2012's Days Go By, was unquestionably the worst Offspring album to date. I wouldn't go so far as to call the whole thing flat-out bad, but it was notably inferior to every Offspring album that came before it. At its worst, the album had the Offspring ripping off artists they had no business ripping off, and its best songs, the more quintessential-sounding Offspring songs, had too much of a pop influence to hold a candle to the band's most vital work. That, coupled with the nearly nine-year album gap that would follow, made me a little apprehensive going into Let the Bad Times Roll. Furthermore, the album's pre-release singles, while decent, did little to convince me that the album would be a complete turnaround from days go by. However, after emerging on the other side of it, I ultimately felt kinda relieved. Let the Bad Times Roll isn't a particularly great Offspring album, and doesn't quite do enough to justify the nine-year wait, but it is definitely the band's best collaboration with Bob Rock thus far, and has me breathing a little easier over their continued partnership. The first half of the album is serviceable, if not especially remarkable. Out of those first six songs, the best is perhaps Army of One, which adds a splash of Bad Religion and Dead Kennedy's influence to the Offspring's signature sound. However, it is in the album's second half that Let the Bad Times Roll elevates itself above other recent Offspring outings. Track number seven is the album's big outlier and final pre-release single, We Never Have Sex Anymore. This one is a bouncy, ska-tinged number that strongly evokes the cherry pop and daddies. Admittedly, I wasn't so sure about the song the first time I heard it, but after a couple more listens, I have found it to be a highly infectious tune and a very welcome addition to the album. It's certainly less divisive than Cruising California off of Days Go By, that album's Katy Perry parody that doesn't do nearly enough to affirm its satirical status. The next song on the album is a punk rock cover of the 1875 orchestral composition In the Hall of the Mountain King, which is perhaps best known to most of you as da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
This short instrumental is one of the album's most striking moments, and I don't think I've ever heard the classic piece rendered in such a cool way before. This track is followed by the album's two best songs, and quite possibly the two best offspring songs of the Bob Rock era to date. These two songs evoke the offspring's golden years more than any other song on Let the Bad Times Roll, and on top of that, they boast the strongest Dexter Holland vocal performances of the entire album. The first of these two songs, The Opioid Diaries, is a surging punk rocker that would have fit right in on the offspring's 1994 breakthrough album, Smash, with a strong lagwagon influence to boot. The second, Hassan Chop, is the album's most hardcore song, sounding highly reminiscent of Dahui from the band's 2003 album Splinter. I didn't think The Offspring had another song like that in them at this point in their career, so it was quite a nice surprise. The next song is a re-recording of the band's iconic 1997 single Gone Away. And unlike the re-recording of 1992's Dirty Magic featured on Days Go By, this one brings much more to the table than just cleaner production. When I first saw the track list for Let the Bad Times Roll and observed that the new version of Gone Away would be over a minute shorter than the original, I correctly surmised that the band would be taking some liberties with the song. I figured we'd be getting a faster, punkier version of the mid-tempo hit, but to my surprise, the band actually took it in the complete opposite direction. They transformed the song into a haunting, ethereal ballad driven entirely by piano and orchestral strings. No guitar, no bass, no drums. It makes for a refreshing take on an old favorite, and one that feels entirely appropriate given the song's subject matter. Finally, the album is capped off with Lullaby, which is essentially just a short and somber reprisal of the title track. It's a nice moment to end the album on, especially following the piano rendition of Gone Away. Overall, Let the Bad Times Roll is inconsistent, brief, and a tad underwhelming for how long we had to wait for it, but it is nonetheless a surprisingly good late-career Offspring album, and well worth a listen for longtime fans. As it turns out, the kids are, in fact, all right to come out and play. As previously mentioned, I'll be playing two songs off the album in this episode, and in this instance, I'll be playing both of them back-to-back, as the songs appear back-to-back on the album's track list, and one of them is technically an interlude. The first is the band's cover of In the Hall of the Mountain King, and even though it's only about a minute long, it's one hell of a minute. This will be immediately followed by one of the album's best songs, The Opioid Diaries. Enjoy!
Jake the Snake Roberts. Who gives a damn about those call letters? KBGA, KGBA, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know where the music's at, don't you? Stupid.
This portion of KBGA is brought to you by Imagination Brewing Company. By supporting over 1,700 community events and its educational center, Imagination brews handcrafted beer to make a positive impact on Missoula and beyond. For more information about what's on tap, weekly live music offerings, or to reserve the center, call 406-926-1251 or visit imaginationbrewing.com. Sip the juice, I got enough to go around And the thought takes place uptown I grew up on a sidewalk while on street talk And then taught to whole New York I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn Make money in Manhattan and never been took it Go uptown to the Bronx and boogie down Get strong on the island, recoup and lay around Time to build my juice back up Pop stack up, suckers get smacked up Don't doubt the clout, they know what I'm about Knock it against off, knock it against out Shaking them up, waking them up Breaking them up, breaking them up Standing on shaky ground, too close to the edge Let's see if I know the ledge Trifling, shorties here. I dig, I dig, living forties to beer. Here's a sip with the crew that's deceased. If I get revenge, then they rest in peace. Somebody gotta suffer, I just might spare one. And give a brother a fair one. Stay alert at all fees. And I do work with these, like Hercules. Switch the South Pole, switch your right jaw. Cause I don't like y'all, I'm hyper nightfall. Smooth, but I move like an army. Pull a poop down, case brothers try to bomb me. Putting brothers to rest like Elliot Ness. I don't like stress Streets ain't a place for innocent bystanders to stand Nothing's gonna stop the plan I'll chill like Pacino Kill like the Nero Black Gambino Die like a hero Living on shaky ground Too close to the edge Let's see if I know the ledge Shells lay around on the battleground Dead bodies are found throughout the town Try to put shame in my game to make a name I'ma put it on a bullet, put it in your brain Rip the block like a buckshot, who cares where it goes Just keep the casket closed No remorse when the life is lost I paid my dues, paid the cause And my pockets are still fat Wherever I'm at, I get the wealth of Mac Even if my crew is steep with one deep I attract attention, people like me So come say hi to the bad guy Don't say goodbye, I don't plan to die Cause I get loose and I got troops and crazy juice in control of many like I am told of many hang out with Smith West don't try to play me I'm at war a lot I don't want to die but no war to shot my gun is warm a lot when I cook beef the smoke will never clear areas in fear but this here's fear. living life too close to the edge hoping that I know the ledge Time to yawn, showers on, powers on, late for school, I catch the train, girl set the style and whisper my name, I push up like an exercise, check the intellect and inspect the thigh, select the best one, pull it to the side, keep it occupied for the rest of the ride, read up my resume, she know already cool, just meet me after school, we can moan and groan until your mom's come home. And you'll be calling me out, Dope Capone, sweat me. She didn't want to let me lose, come get me. As if you want to sip the juice, cause the streets will wait me. So I take my gun off safety. Cause a lot of niggas hate me coming out of the building. They set me up, sprayed with automatics, they wet me up. And the puddle of blood, I lay close to the edge. I guess I didn't know the ledge.
The most overproduced crap you've ever heard. All on KBGA Missoula. 9.9 FM.
Factory with Demanufacture off their 1995 album of the same name. Fear Factory recently announced the title and release date for their long-awaited 10th studio album. The album will be titled Aggression Continuum, and it's scheduled for release on June 18th. It will be the band's first album in nearly six years, making for the longest gap between Fear Factory albums to date. More notably, it will also be the band's final album with original vocalist Burton C. Bell. After being embroiled in lawsuits with former members for roughly two years and losing his share of ownership over the Fear Factory name in the process, Bell's love for the band had been completely exhausted, and he announced his departure last fall. Bell had finished recording all his vocals for Aggression Continuum in 2017, so he's still the vocalist for this particular album, but when the band inevitably starts touring again in support of the album, it will be with a new lead singer. Just a couple weeks ago, founding guitarist Dino Cazares, now the sole original member left in Fear Factory, disclosed that he has tried out some new singers and was just days away from deciding on Bell's replacement, so he most likely has it all figured out by now. That person's identity will most likely be revealed in tandem with the band's next touring announcement, but in the meantime, we do have the new album's lead single to chew on. In conjunction with the official album announcement, the band issued the single Disruptor, which is a highly aggressive Fear Factory song that harkens back to the band's first couple releases. The song boasts everything that fans love about early Fear Factory. Thrashy and chunky guitar riffs, machine gun drumming, and brutally intense vocals from Burton C. Bell. Seriously, I'm glad Bell finished recording his vocals for the album as early as he did, because it seems like he went all out for this one. Bell is in top form on the latest single, with many fans and critics noting that he sounds angrier than he has in a long time. Aggression Continuum is likely going to be one hell of a swan song for Burton C. Bell, which will make it that much harder to say goodbye and accept someone else in his place. I'll be sure to review and play from the album on Sounds Like Teen Spirit in a couple months' time, so stay alert. Anyway, before Fear Factory, I played Price I Pay by Jane's Addiction off their 2003 album Strays. Know the Ledge by Eric B. and Rakim off their 1992 album Don't Sweat the Technique. Antihero by The Smashing Pumpkins off their 2014 album Monuments to an Elegy. Lost Horizons by Gin Blossoms off their 1992 album New Miserable Experience, and Taste of India by Aerosmith off their 1997 album Nine Lives. Once again, you're listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slts 2 and to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org slash teen-spirit. Alright, next I'm going to be reviewing and playing a song from the new Dinosaur Jr. album, Sweep It Into Space. Out of all the beloved bands that broke up and got back together over the years, relatively few of them can claim having a more triumphant second run than their first, but Dinosaur Jr. may actually be one of the lucky few. Amusingly enough, 
even though the band is perhaps most closely associated with the 1990s alt scene, they didn't release a single album with the original lineup during that entire decade. Original bassist Lou Barlow left the band in 1989, and although original drummer Murph was present for the first couple Dinosaur Jr. albums of the 90s, he too would leave the band in 1993. That means frontman Jay Maskus was the only original member to appear on the band's biggest hit, 1994's Feel the Pain. Maskus would continue the band on his own until 1997, releasing the final album of Dinosaur Jr.'s initial run earlier that year. In 2005, the original Dinosaur Jr. lineup reunited with All Hatchets Buried, and since then they've put out five new albums together. With harmony restored between its three founding members, Dinosaur Jr. has apparently been able to tap into the best possible version of itself. The albums released in Dinosaur Jr.'s second run have all been very well received by critics and fans alike, and I'm happy to report that the band's post-reunion winning streak continues with 2021's Sweep It Into Space. Musically, this album is about as well-rounded as any Dinosaur Jr. album has ever been, demonstrating glimpses of every shade of the band we've seen over the course of their near four-decade existence, and even a couple shades that seem brand new. Of course it's got its share of jangly, upbeat, energetic college rock jams, Dinosaur Jr.'s bread and butter, in the form of opener It Ain't and And Me, dark and grungy rockers such as I Expected Always and Walking to You, and twangy slices of Americana as heard in To Be Waiting and lead single I Ran Away. Not to mention songs like Hide Another Round that straddle the lines between the aforementioned categories. And then you've got your intriguing outliers in heavy Melvins-esque chugger I Met the Stones and bouncy indie pop gem Take It Back, the album's third single and perhaps Dinosaur Jr.'s greatest shot yet at scoring a crossover hit, and last but not least, the two songwriting contributions from bassist Lou Barlow. Each post-reunion Dinosaur Jr. album to date has included exactly two songs written and sung by Barlow, presumably as some sort of prerequisite for Barlow's return to the band. Even though Barlow's singing voice is noticeably distinct from that of Jay Maskus, it's the songwriting that causes these songs to stand out amid the albums they're featured on. Barlow is a distinguished songwriter in his own right as the frontman of beloved 90s alt band Sebado, and his style is markedly different from, but nonetheless compatible with, all of the Mascus penned songs, typically making for some of the most memorable moments on the newer Dinosaur Jr. albums. On Sweep It Into Space, Barlow's two tracks are second single Garden, a laid-back number with influence as disparate as Sunny Day Real Estate and Toad the Wet Sprocket, and closing track You Wonder, a driving yet understated rocker that strongly evokes Silver Sun pickups. All of these unique elements come together to make for another solid post-reunion Dinosaur Jr. outing, one that ultimately rocks a little bit harder than usual. Sweep It Into Space may not be a particularly mold-breaking album for Dinosaur Jr., and it's unlikely to sway any of those who've already decided they don't fancy the band, but it is very much an essential listen for all the fans. Alright, this next song I'm going to play is actually the one song from the album I hadn't name-dropped in my review. This one is called Ensei. 
Enjoy!
got the music, why I got a place to go? Well, I got the music, why I got a place to go? Why I got a place, why I got a place, why I got a place to go? Well, I got the music, why I got a place to go? Well, I got the music, I got a place to go. Well, I got the music. Sarah Sandoval, on behalf of Nkusum Language School, you're listening to 89.9 KBGA Missoula.
Listen, we don't need any fancy super duper promo. We don't need any of that. See here with KVGA, we're just a student run college radio station and we play music. It's pretty simple. That's it. Song for her 
Hi, this here is Bill Manspeaker, the punk rock puppet master from the band Green Jello, and you're listening to KBGA Missoula. Little big, little big, let me in.
Harley House of Love off their 1993 album Serial Killer Soundtrack. Green Jello is back with a new album, baby. Last month, the band surprised everyone with the announcement of their first album in 12 years, which is titled Garbage Band Kids and scheduled for release on June 11th. The album's title and artwork were inspired by the 80s trading card phenomenon Garbage Pail Kids and in fact all the album art was provided by one of the original creators of the series. What's more, the album cover comes to life in 3D animation if you point your phone at it while using the augmented reality app Artivive, and on top of that, detailed illustrations are promised for every single one of the album's 17 tracks. So if there is any album coming out this year that demands to be purchased in physical form, it's this one. Garbage Band Kids is also unique in the way it was recorded. Over a hundred Green Jello fans from around the world contributed to the album's music. As frontman Bill Manspeaker puts it, this is the first album in music history to be recorded by the fans for the fans. And they're not the album's only special guests either. The album also features cameos from legendary parodist Weird Al Yankovic, WWE superstar Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and famed game show host Wink Martindale, as well as appearances and contributions from members of Suicidal Tendencies, Fishbone, The Dwarves, Piledriver, Kitty, and the Canadian comedy series Trailer Park Boys. The album's lead single is Punk Rock Pope, and although Green Jello's signature sound is difficult to define due to about half their songs being style parodies of other artists, this one sounds unmistakably like Green Jello. It's a punky, heavy, and ultimately goofy number that would have been right at home on the Serial Killer soundtrack album. I'm very much looking forward to Garbage Band Kids. I just know it's going to be all sorts of fun, crazy, and unpredictable, and I'll be reviewing and playing from the album fairly soon on Sounds Like Teen Spirit. Now hopefully Green Jello will reschedule that show they were going to play at Monks last year before the pandemic intervened. Anyway, before Green Jello, I played Incurably Innocent by At the Drive In off their 2017 album Inter Alia. All I Want Is More by Real Big Fish off their 1996 album Turn the Radio Off. Milk It by Nirvana off their 1993 album In Utero. Next in Line by Korn off their 2016 album The Serenity of Suffering. Out in L.A. by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, off their 1984 self-titled debut, and Radio by Rancid, 
off their 1994 album, Let's Go. You're still listening to Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. To like this show on Facebook, go to facebook.com SLTS2. And to hear this and other episodes of the program after the broadcast, go to kbga.org teen spirit. All right. Green Jello isn't the only revered 90s band releasing an album on June 11th. That is also the date that Garbage will be dropping their seventh studio album, which has been titled No Gods, No Masters. It will be arriving almost exactly five years out from their previous album, 2016's Strange Little Birds. So far, two singles have been released from the album. The lead single, The Men Who Rule the World was issued in late March along with the official album announcement, and the album's title track was released as its second single just last week. Based on these first two songs, it would appear that Garbage is once again pursuing a poppier, synth-driven sound first explored on their 2001 album Beautiful Garbage. However, things aren't exactly the same as before. The Men Who Rule the World features an abundance of 70s-style funk guitar, giving the song as much in common with artists like Prince and Earth, Wind, and Fire as it has with Nine Inch Nails, New Order, and Depeche Mode. It's definitely a jarring single to come from Garbage, and at first I wasn't sure if I liked it, but I ended up coming around to it pretty quick. The follow-up single, No Gods, No Masters, is a bit more familiar, with a songwriting style that strongly evokes the first two Garbage albums, but the song is also dominated by an urgent synth beat that effectively relegates the rock instruments to secondary status, making for something else entirely. It feels like Garbage is heading into mostly uncharted territory with this album, combining old and new influences in a way that sounds fresh. I really like what I've heard so far from No Gods, No Masters, and I'm certain it's going to be a great album. Of course, I plan to review and play from the album on Sounds Like Teen Spirit in the not-too-distant future. In fact, all the upcoming albums I've detailed this week will very likely be reviewed in the same episode. But for now, here's Garbage with Breaking Up the Girl, off their 2001 album Beautiful Garbage.
This is Silver Sprocket, host of Something Else, live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. right here on KBGA Missoula 89.9 FM. I feature avant-garde, electroacoustic, free jazz, and more creative music every week. You'll get to hear advanced new releases straight from the artists and record labels before anybody else and extensive interviews with the artists themselves. How about you give something else a try? Live every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on KBGA Missoula, 89.9 FM, and streaming at kbga.org. Get the 
Find meaning in the suffering. 
DMX with Slippin' off his 1998 album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. This past month saw the untimely deaths of not one, not two, but three prominent 90s hip-hop icons, whom I will attempt to eulogize over the next several minutes. First and foremost is Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX, who passed away on April 9th at the age of 50. DMX was admitted to New York's White Plains Hospital on April 2nd after a heart attack brought on by a drug overdose, and he spent a week in critical condition before finally succumbing to multiple organ failure. DMX had struggled with drug addiction, particularly over crack cocaine, ever since he was 14 years old, and he often had to cancel shows in order to spend time in rehab. In his lifetime, DMX enjoyed a highly successful rap career as the most prominent member of the Rough Riders hip-hop collective and record label. His career got off to a very productive start, with his first three albums releasing over a span of just 19 months in the late 90s. He would ultimately release a total of seven albums before his death, the most recent of which is from 2012. DMX was notable for being the first artist in history to have their first five albums debut at number one on the Billboard 200. He has sold more than 74 million albums worldwide, according to the CAA, and his legacy includes a number of huge hits like Rough Riders Anthem, Party Up, Up In Here, and X Gon' Give It To Ya. DMX was also notable for fathering 15 children between nine women. His youngest child, Exodus Simmons, was born in 2016. Furthermore, DMX boasted one hell of a rap sheet, no pun intended, having gone to jail 30 times in his life over a wide variety of charges. At the time of his death, DMX had been working on a new album at Snoop Dogg's home studio, which he spoke excitedly about on an episode of the Drink Champs podcast in early February. The album features an all-star lineup of guest artists, including Snoop, Lil Wayne, Alicia Keys, Usher, and the late Pop Smoke, who was gunned down in L.A. last year at age 20. By all accounts, DMX was able to complete the album before his death, and it is expected to release posthumously sometime this summer. Alright, the next recently deceased rapper I'm going to touch on is Robert Ross, a.k.a. Black Rob, who died of kidney failure on April 17th at age 52. Black Rob was a mentee of the legendary Sean Combs, who has been known by a number of different aliases over the years, but at the time was known as Puff Daddy. He had begun rapping when he was 11 years old, which, given his age at death, means for about as long as hip-hop's existed, and in 1996, he joined Puff Daddy's Bad Boy label. 
He had appeared as a featured guest on songs by several different Bad Boy artists in the mid to late 90s, including Maze, Total, 112, Faith Evans, and Puff Daddy himself. Black Rob released his debut album, Life Story, in early 2000, which generated the hit single, Whoa. The popularity of the song was enough to propel the album to platinum certification. Black Rob would ultimately release three more albums in his lifetime, the latest of which is from 2015, but he was never able to replicate the success of his first album and single. The final 90s rap icon I'll be eulogizing in this episode is Gregory Jacobs, aka Shock G, frontman for the hip-hop group Digital Underground. Shock G was found dead at age 57 in a Florida hotel room on April 22nd, his cause of death currently unknown. Shock G co-founded Digital Underground in 1987 and, amid an ever-revolving lineup of rappers, was the only member to stick around for the group's entire run, which lasted until 2008. Perhaps his greatest contribution to the cultural zeitgeist was the 1990 digital underground hit, The Humpty Dance. The song climbed up to number 11 on Billboard's pop chart, number 7 on its R&B chart, and number 1 on the rap chart. Furthermore, it drove sales of Digital Underground's debut album to platinum levels, and it popularized Shock G's comical alter ego, Humpty Hump. Shock G can also be credited for introducing Tupac Shakur to the world at large. He brought Tupac into the digital underground as a roadie and backup dancer in the early 90s and featured him on the group's 1991 single, Same Song. He also helped produce Tupac's 1991 debut album, Tupacalypse Now, as well as the Tupac hits I Get Around and So Many Tears, lending his own vocals to the former. In fact, Shock G was quite the prolific producer, having also produced music for Dr. Dre, Prince, and KRS-One, among others. Well, folks, it feels like an especially and improbably cruel twist of fate that these three 90s rap icons all died at approximately the same premature age around the same time, but such is the cold and indiscriminate nature of life, I guess. At any rate, Rest in peace, DMX, Black Rob, and Shock G. Alright, before DMX, I played Feels Blind by Bikini Kill off their 1991 album Revolution Girl Style Now. Blind by Silverchair off the soundtrack to the 1996 James Carey vehicle The Cable Guy. Lay Back in the Sun by Spiritualized, off their 1995 album Pure Phase. Piano Wire by Slayer, off their 2015 album Repentless. And Tormentor by Skinny Puppy, off their 1990 album Too Dark Park. And that about wraps up a high-octane edition of Sounds Like Teen Spirit on 89.9 KBGA Missoula. I have been your host, Ian. I'll be closing out this episode with a second song off the new Dinosaur Jr. album, Sweep It Into Space. This last one is simply called And Me. Peace out.
I'm 